0: The Holy Spirit and Christ is risen. Today is the fourth Sunday of the Holy Fifty Days, and the theme of the Holy Fifty Days is for us personally to experience our Lord Jesus Christ's resurrection in our own life. So the resurrection isn't just an event that happened to Christ 2,000 years ago, and that's it, we're happy for him. But the point of the 50 days is for us to experience this resurrection personally. And so the church during these Sundays gives us a series of means in order for us to be able to receive or attain this resurrection. And the series of means are all through our union with Christ. They're all through our union with Christ. That's why in the litany of the gospel we say you are the resurrection of us all. Because through Christ's resurrection, we're now able ourselves to resurrect. So the first Sunday was Thomas Sunday. And in Thomas Sunday, we saw the disciples' fear. We saw their lack of belief. We saw them closed in the room for fear of the Jews. And so Christ came, appeared to them, resolved Thomas's doubt, and gave them that strength, that strength of faith. And at the end of that gospel, it says, these are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing, you may have life in his name. And that believing, you may have life in his name. So the church is, first off, telling us that in order for you to have life, you have to believe that that Christ is God. That was the first week. The second week is called the bread of life. And Christ says, whoever eats of this bread will live forever. So the second means that the church is trying to give us to show us how to live the resurrection is through receiving Christ's body and blood. So the first week was faith, the second week was the Eucharist, the bread of life. The third week, last week, we heard the gospel of the Samaritan woman. And Christ said that whoever receives me, the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water, springing up into everlasting life. So he spoke last week about the living water, which as we discussed, was the Holy Spirit. So the first week, in order to live the resurrection, we have to have faith in Christ. The second week, to live the resurrection, we have to have the Eucharist. And last week, the Church spoke to us about having communion with the Holy Spirit, having communion with the Holy Spirit. So this Sunday, the fourth Sunday, the Church is giving us a very clear message. Christ is the light of the world. Christ is the light of the world. We hear today, I have come as a light into the world, that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. So then what is this light? In order for us to be able to benefit from this gospel, we have to understand what is this light. David the prophet says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word is a light to my path. Therefore, this Sunday's, the whole point of all the readings this Sunday, the point of this Sunday's gospel is for the church to tell us that the way to live the resurrected life is through the word of God, is through Christ's teachings. That's why, as we just heard the gospel, unlike any other reading, two deacons come out with a candle on each side, unlike any other reading, to signify that we are now listening to the light of the world. Christ, the light of the world, is here to illuminate and enlighten our minds. And Saint Cyril says, that whoever walks in the steps of my teachings will in no way be in darkness, but will attain the revelation of the mysteries concerning me which are able to lead to eternal life." The teachings of Christ are able to lead to eternal life. So as we just discussed, we saw these four means that the church is giving us, faith, bread, living water, and light. And what's very beautiful is that the church didn't randomly select these four things. These four means are taken exactly from the Old Testament in a very clear and beautiful analogy of our lives. So when the Israelites left Egypt in the Old Testament, they needed to have faith in Moses to cross the sea. Because as they were leaving, they reached the shore of the Red Sea, and they turn around and they see the Egyptians behind them. So that's it. Their death is imminent. And so, Moses tells them, do not be afraid, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. So, he gives them this faith. The Red Sea parts, and they have faith to walk across the sea on dry ground until they make it to the other side. So, in order for them to be able to leave their slavery, they had to have faith to follow Moses. In order for them to be able to reach the promised land, they had to have faith to follow him for 40 years. Then, as they're in the wilderness, they begin to complain. They complained a lot in the wilderness. And during this time, they start telling Moses, we're hungry. We're going to die of hunger. You should have left us in Egypt, where we were actually fed. Even though we were slaves, we were well fed. So Moses turns to God and says, they're hungry. So God responds and said, I'm going to give you bread from heaven to sustain them. Because without food, they're going to die. So they had to have faith to reach the promised land. And they had to eat to be able to live to reach the promised land. Then in Exodus 17, they begin to complain saying, we're thirsty, we're gonna die of thirst. So God tells Moses again, take your rod, strike the rock, and I'm gonna give you water, because you need water to live. And so God is giving them, literally, tangibly, physically, all these things to allow them to live, to be able to make the promised land. Because without bread, they're gonna die. Without water, they're gonna die. And if you read in Exodus again, At night, they're in the wilderness. They're in the desert. And obviously, if you get lost in the desert at night, this is a very dangerous thing. So God appears to them in a pillar of fire and gives them light to lead them to the promised land. So these are all physical, literal things that God is giving them for them to physically not die and reach the promised land. So what our church is doing during the Holy 50 Days is giving us these spiritual means. Bread, faith, bread, water, and light, to show us that the same way God physically, literally, saved the Israelites and brought them to the earthly promised land, through these four spiritual means, the bread of life, faith in Christ, the living water, and Christ being the light of the world, we can then reach heaven, our heavenly promised land, our heavenly Jerusalem. So like the Israelites, nowadays, especially in this time, we live in an era of darkness. Social media, false information, fake news, there's darkness everywhere. Rampant homosexuality, agendas in schools, transgenderism, abortion, these things are flooding our society. And what happens is they confuse people's minds. They, they bring darkness. And as we mentioned, the point of today's gospel is Christ's teachings. Because Christ is saying that if you believe in my teachings, This is a means of having everlasting life. Because if you don't know what Christ is teaching, you'll fall into sin. If you fall into sin, that leads to death. So we have to understand that we have the same struggle today. We have the same struggle today. Because sin always brings darkness. Sin always brings darkness. And we see this very clearly from the very beginning. God gave Adam and Eve one very, very easy, one very simple commandment. Do not eat. From the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat. Through the deception of the devil, they eat. And once they eat, they do something very interesting. They hide themselves. They cover themselves. And so when they hear God walking, they're literally hiding from him. Why? Because sin brings darkness. They don't want to be exposed. They don't want to be revealed. They're hiding. They're bringing that darkness to them to cover their sin. And last week, we heard the story of the Samaritan woman. The Samaritan woman comes to the well at noon. Why? Why noon? Why the hottest part of the day? Because she doesn't want to see anyone. What is she doing? She's hiding. Her sin has caused her to want to cover herself. She's insecure. She's ashamed. So she's hiding. So the same way that Adam and Eve literally, physically hid from God once they sinned, we see in the Samaritan woman and in many other examples, especially in our lives, sin causes us to hide. But once that sin is broken, once we understand what Christ wants from us, once we're illumined by his teachings, the light bursts forth. And in our tradition, the Samaritan woman, once she converts and repents, the name she was given was Saint Fotini. Fotini means enlightened one, literally enlightened one. So she went from darkness of hiding to being enlightened. Why? only through her understanding and revelation of Christ, who he is. So for us today, we have to understand what we can do in order to be able to live in this light, to not be exposed by this darkness. Because darkness is a very, very dangerous thing. It is a very scary thing. When we look at the last week of our Lord's life, in the last supper, Christ told the disciples, you are all going to fall. And he specifically told Peter, You're going to betray me. He warned him. He told him, you're going to betray me. And Peter, through his hope, after he betrayed him, he didn't give up. He went back. But Judas, on the other hand, kept with his plan. And throughout his whole plan of betraying Christ, he never told anyone, never got anyone's advice. He always remained in the darkness, always hiding in the shadows never letting anyone know what he was doing, never receiving any benefit. And even in our iconostasis, we see a dark shadowy figure in the back, that's Judas, remaining in his darkness, leaving. So it's important for us to understand that we have to bring our teaching, or we have to bring our minds to be able to receive this light. So we're gonna discuss two points how we can do that. The first point, in order for us to be able to benefit and receive Christ's light, We have to be able to expose our sins with our father of confession. We have to be able to reveal our sins. We have to let them out. Because only when light shines in a dark room are things exposed. But if you keep that room dark, it remains dark forever. But once light shines in, everything is made clear. The same thing with us. When we were in our sins, the most dangerous thing is to contain them, to keep them within ourselves. But once we confess, we expose them. We allow Christ's light to shine and defeat defeat it. Because Christ says, whoever hears you, speaking to the apostles, hears me. So when we sit with our Father at Confession, we are literally, through a mystery, speaking to Christ through Abuna. Speaking to Christ through Abuna. And when Abuna speaks and gives us the absolution, it's through the mouth of the Trinity, or the mouth of Christ. And Pope Shunullah would always say, when you go to Confession, you receive an absolution and a solution. You receive an absolution and a solution, meaning you receive guidance and advice for your spiritual struggle. And a very, very beautiful example of this is found in the Paradise of the Fathers. St. Moses the Strong, when he first entered the monastery, obviously he was very strong, he was physically fit, and in his mind he could do everything alone. And in the Paradise, it says one night, one of the demons of temptation, of lust, attacked him. And he did his best to defeat it on his own. Because in his mind, I'm, I'm Moses, I'm strong, I can do it on my own. But the paradise says that the temptation was so severe, it was so powerful, it was so strong that he couldn't bear to be alone anymore. He couldn't bear to stay in his cell. So what did St. Moses do? He had two options. Fight this battle alone in the dark, or go get help. So the paradise says St. Moses ran to his father of confession, St. Isidore. And he went to him multiple times in the night. And he kept going, asking for help, asking for help. And St. Isidore would keep waking up and giving him guidance. Until finally, St. Moses, this strong, big, powerful man, tells St. Isidore, almost as a little child, I'm afraid to go back to my cell alone. Come with me. I'm afraid to go back to my cell alone. St. Moses, I'm afraid to go back to my cell alone. So St. Isidore says, "Okay." He takes him. And takes him to the roof of the monastery, and he opens his eyes to see in the west demons rushing to attack. Demons rushing to attack, ugly, dark, demonic forces. And then he moves his face to the right, and he sees the light. He sees hundreds and thousands, thousands times ten thousands of angels, shining in glorious light, defending the monastery, defending the monks, defending Saint Moses. So St. Isidore is telling him, those who are with us are far more than those who are against us. Giving him that encouragement, giving him that illumination of mind, saying, it's okay. This is how you should defeat this temptation, but at the same time, you're not alone. You're in the light, and the angels of light are protecting you. So we see here, the first point for us to be able to live in this light is to receive guidance and to expose our sins from our Father at Confession. The liturgy we say, as a true light, you have shone upon the lost and the ignorant. So that's point one. Our second and final point. In order for us to be able to receive and live in the light, so we can be able to live in the resurrection or attain the resurrection, we need the teachings of Christ. We need the word of God. In the Pauline epistle today, it said that you receive salvation through sanctification and belief in the truth. You receive salvation through sanctification and belief in the truth. And in the gospel, it speaks about how the Israelites were blind. And they were hard in their heart. And it mentions a prophecy from Isaiah. How they totally rejected Christ's teaching. And St. Cyril says, they will be self-condemned who refuse to hear him. And do not accept his saving faith. For he came to illumine them. He came to illumine them. And the Desert Fathers say, the mere sight of a spiritual book is spiritually uplifting. Even just looking at a book on its cover is spiritually uplifting. And if we look at the Acts today, the Acts shows this very clearly, the Acts from the Book of Acts. It shows St. Paul coming to preach the faith. And as he preaches the faith, the people from Iconium want to worship him. They literally think that he's one of the gods, one of the Greek gods. So they begin to worship him. And he's saying, no. No. We're mortals just like you, but we're coming to preach Jesus Christ. He's bringing the saving faith to them. So what do they do once he rejects their worship? They stone him. And not only do they stone him, the act says that they leave him as half dead, as someone who's basically dead. So the disciples come to St. Paul. They pray for him. They revive him. And something very incredible, something very powerful that it said is that he immediately stood up and went and preached to the next city. He immediately stood up and went to the next city, Derby, and began preaching again. Why? Why is St. Paul literally risking his life over and over again? No fear. No regard for his own well-being. Because he knows that the teachings of Christ are salvific. They They are for our salvation. They are for our salvation. So when the Catholic Epistle today speaks about love, 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 it's because when we preach, when we teach, this is how we love. To save those around us from falsehood. To save those around us from something that's wrong. So we see today that Christ is saying a little while longer, the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake us. Lest darkness overtake you. So what Christ is saying is that you will not have the light forever you will not have it forever, which is something that is a warning to us all today. The teachings of Christ are something we have to act on immediately, not something we can save and keep waiting and procrastinating. Christ is literally saying today, a little while longer, the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. So we spoke about today that the light is Christ's teachings. In order for us to be able to receive this light, we have to receive it from the word of God, the spiritual books, the readings, and from our Father of Confession. And when we receive this light, the book, of, the book of Revelations is something very beautiful. It speaks about heaven and it says, the city had no need of sun or moon to shine in it. For the glory of God illuminated it, and the lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in his light. The nations of those who are saved shall walk in his light. So let's dedicate this liturgy today to ask God To be the light of our world, to be the light of our mind, to dispel any falsehood we may have, to be the light of our spirits, to dispel any darkness we may have, to be the light of our hearts, to cure and expose any sins that we may have, so we can illumine our life, illumine our well-being, so we can live in the city of light. And glory be to God forever. Amen.